What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. I just started the recording. I saw we were past the 8 o'clock there. Well, it's, uh, you know, the thing about being where I'm at now is, it, you know, it's cold. And with that cold comes the dry air. I've noticed it the last couple of days that I was really dried out. And uh, and I've been looking for the last week or so at uh, where you're at, Dana. Um, and it seems, it seems humid. I've been looking at the climate data. And there's places like Burns, Idaho, Little Falls, Burns, uh, Oregon, Little Falls, Idaho, Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, Wichita, Kansas. Those four areas seem to be uh, they seem to have the temperature that you need and enough humidity to grow stuff, but not enough to choke you out. Right. And, uh, yeah, so I've been looking at those a lot and People don't walk around in Missouri necessarily like with freaking sweat rags hanging off of their clothes or, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. So. Yeah, I, I imagine it's probably only... Two two months out of the year that really gets hot. Yeah. Like that. Like that. Anyway. Yeah, like part of July and August, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, part of July and a part of August. Sometimes September can be, but September it already starts to cool down a lot in the evenings, and so. Wow, so you sent me a whole bunch of stuff, uh, which I, I posted up on the resource page, uh, the hands-on health resource that. Thank page. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so today is uh, December 11th, 2018. Uh, my name is Gus. I'm with Dana and Jeff, and this is Hands-On Health, and this is episode 188. And uh, let me see, where's the blog I just put up? Oh, no, I lost it. <laughs> so we're talking about cancer, DMSO, MMS, um, all sorts of things like that. Uh, there's vitamin C, which is always kind of uh, very uh, very surprised to see at the difference between the, your regular vitamin C and the liposomal vitamin C. And we're going to be uh, covering colloidal silver and, and things uh all those kinds of things. And so there's a blog on redressfordummies.org for December 11th where you can find this information. And there's a drop-down menu at the top there where you can see Hands-On Health. And if you click on Hands-On Health, you'll get information for how to contact Dana and Jeff. And also you'll see some of the shows we've done in the bottom. And I added this one to to those shows because I can tell it's going to be one of those shows that we're going to be talking about a lot in the future because it, it covers some really good good areas. And so uh, without further delay, I'm going to turn it over to Jeff and Dana. Thanks for being here, guys. 
Thank you, Hi. Gus. How Thanks, are you doing, Jeff? Jeff? I'm good. How are you, honey? Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. I'll bet you started off. Of, I saw a lot, you shared a lot of information. I saw that. I did. I did. I just like went blah. But yeah, <laughs> when you and I were talking on the phone last week, and then mm-hmm. uh, started talking about some various protocols, and was like, hey, mm-hmm. how about we talk about these different things? Because yeah, I uh, think that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, working, working in in the healing groups. Obviously, um, we come across a, a number of people um, who have all varieties of of illness and disease, and we have a great many who already have a protocol or building protocols of naturals. Um, and then some of them certainly have their naturals protocols that they integrate in, uh, you know, with with their Western medicine or you know what they're what they call conventional medicine. Um, and so, um, you know, obviously, getting kind of the biggest bang for your buck is always something that's on my mind, and I know for a lot of other people. Um, and I know frequently, and Jeff, I'm, I'm sure you hear this, uh, you know, quite a bit, or people just get so confused or, you know, they're they're getting up at 3.30, 4.30 in the morning so they can, you know, just fit all their supplements in and space everything crazy, out. yeah. Um, and, and so when I begin seeing stuff like that and I'm like, wow, wait, whoa, you're cutting out valuable, healing, amazing sleep to get up and take shit and you know at that point you got to begin weighing because to me that would be very stressful like if I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning because I had to take medicine I mean I have to get up at 3.30 in the morning because I have to get up but I mean I that just you know it'd be real easy to roll over and you know have a big effort moment <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not doing mm-hmm. that um, and then you know not necessarily when you're fighting for your life or um, you know certainly people saying, okay, I'm taking all these supplements and, oh, by the way, is it okay to take these things together? Right. Um, and, yeah, I, I know that you come across this. Uh, I, you know what, I, I, one of the things that, one of the things I come across a lot with, well, not a lot, but every once in a while is, um, you know, obviously, I, I I use the mushroom extracts quite a bit, but I talk to people about diet in general and, you know, getting as raw as possible. But one of the things, you know, is allergies. People worry about allergies when, when it comes to supplementation um, with mushrooms or with anything. And, you know, if I'm allergic to, you know, my doctor said I'm allergic to mushrooms. I just love that one because it's, there's so many things that could come into play there <laughs> because right. there's so many different kinds of mushrooms and fungi and so many reasons why that doesn't even come into play when you're using extracts because you're not ingesting mushrooms at all. So I've never had anyone who's had an allergy to mushrooms have an issue with mushroom extracts. Um, And so, yeah, we, you know, you have a lot of people worry about, well, can I take this with chemotherapy? Can I take that? Can I, you know, what do I need to do? So that's where, you know, your information and your knowledge comes into play um, 
a lot because you have a wide range of knowledge on that. And that's really important because, like you said, you know, different kinds of cancers, different ailments have different protocols that, you, you know, you, you need to um, administer. Um, it's not oh, one size fits I've all. I've been researching hard on the CBD uh, for about oh, the last eight days on CBD. That's going to be a whole other show, but really the mechanisms and actually it's cancer killing abilities and the pathways and the signaling pathways that it targets and how it's different. And so really, really, really been pouring through some very deep and treacherous studies, but uh, going to be opening that up in the next couple weeks for discussion, which will be interesting to go, you know, come back and have this discussion. And then uh, and we may get there tonight, uh, and I haven't put any documents out yet because I'm still working on them, but on rectal suppositories. I'm not ready to hit the cannabis rectal suppositories yet because I've still not seen good firm data that it's necessarily a workable deal. But uh, I did a ton of research these last several days on suppositories uh, with essential oils. Um, and so, you know, again, that, that was something else where I was like, oh, my God, that'll kind of fit in tonight if we have time with bioavailability. So, um, you, know, um, you know, as we were talking, we're always talking about how can we make our medicines better, our herbs better, our mushrooms better, whatever it is we're taking. How can we best specifically with target or with, with cancer, you know, how can we best target the particular cancer that we're dealing with in the particular locations uh, where it's located? And, and then do we have the information to understand with that particular kind of cancer, what is its mechanism for growth? You know, what is it that that little some bitch likes that makes it, you know, explode and grow? And so for various cancers, there's different mechanisms for that. Um, at the same point, um, when we, we're, we're dealing with these things, we begin to look at, you know, how can we best get, like, and more, most specifically, uh, well, and for a lot of things, but our cannabis meds into us. You know, what's the most effective way to, you know, get the best bioavailability out of our medicine that we can? Um, as in, in, in these last couple of weeks, I've been talking more and more and in the beginning used to talk about, um, a couple of, of kind of boosters in particular. And, um, one of those, um, being dimethyl, um, sulfoxide, otherwise known as DMSO. And then we have, uh, DMSO's cousin, methyl sulfonyl methane, and that's MSM. And so, you know, these these two um, substances are, are are very kind of similar in their their makeup and, and how they're they're utilized. Um, I've utilized DMSO quite some time, and if you see that document that we have, it's you know, it's like 14 pages, and for me in particular, it took me about a good year to kind of wrap my brain around DMSO, and I just kept thinking, how in the hell can this be good for us? And, you know, like, oh, my God, you got to be so sterile. And 
But, you know, again, as I got more comfortable with it and really learned it to understand it, you know, realized, well, you know, DMSO has been around since the 40s, and it, it, it was uh, discovered it's a, a byproduct of wood pulp, right? So a guy in the logging industry, um, you know, discovered DMSO, and they, you know, began exploring um, its, its healing properties, and, you know, what, you know, it's been found is that it's, it's a phenomenal carrier, it's, you know, something to carry a substance into literally the cellular level. Um, and really, MSM works in a, you know, a similar way. So when, when you have, like, the MSM, the methyl sulfonylmethane, um, naturally people used to get it and we, we weren't so sulfur deficient because people gardened and they rain gardened and so you know the minerals and nutrients and things in the air would rain and it would come down on the plants and then a, a you know a sulfur gas would be released and that goes um, into the fruits and vegetables and, and so you know mostly people got MSM, you know, good levels of it from rain, collecting rainwater, watering their foods, you know, their gardens with it. Um, and, you know, MSM is, is one that, you know, when it's cooked, uh, it, it pretty quickly degradates with, uh, burns off with, with temperatures. Um, but, you know, it's something that's very important. And, in fact, we even, you know, have levels of, of this in our, our bodies, and, and it's quite necessary. You know, it helps repair and and create connective tissue. You know, it's responsible for collagen um, production, and it's it's you know it's great for the immune system and skin and hair and nails, and even more specifically, reducing inflammation. Um, and then you know, so there's there's things that we can get it from like pine bark and pine needles and pine nuts. So pine is is very high in DMSO because it can be, um, you know, pulled pulled from the pine, um, various aspects of the pine trees, aloe, wild grasses. Um, so there's, you know, there's various ways to consume it, but what, what happens is is that... DMSO is such a powerful agent, whatever it comes into contact with, it's going to carry it into your body. And it's going to carry it into your body to at the cellular level. So with that in mind, you know, there's, you know, steps that you take to make sure that you clean the area where you're going to be placing it, if you're going to do it topically. Um, you know, again, that you're, you're just very... Um, you're very sterile in, in working with this. Um, and it can be done in a number of ways. So it can be taken orally, um, albeit it's going to make you stink really bad, like this kind of weird, sweet, garlicky smell if you ingest it. Um, and everybody around you is going to smell this smell. So you have to... Be prepared to be kind of stinky if you ingest it orally. It can also be done, and, and this is more so 
um, like in the UK or other countries where it's approved for for things other than like in the United States, basically veterinary uses um, as a pain liniment for animals, for, for uh, livestock. But um, so some places you can get it done through IV and then um, certain, you know, topicals. So like I said, so um, you're always looking for, you, you want typically if you're going to use this, you want a 99% um, DMSO and um, I get mine. I get mine at a local farm implement store, um, but it's it's distributed by uh, a company in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, but so with that 99% purity, when you're typically when you're um, mixing it, because like DMSO needs to be cut with something, you would use something like a distilled water or colloidal silver or some kind of a, a sterile carrier, or, you know, something, you you can mix it with um, certainly diluting your cannabis oil uh, and a number of things. Um, you can add essential oils. So there's, there's all kinds of things that you can do. Um, and there's been times where we've done what I would consider kind of more of a targeted therapy in this naturals world where I would take like a mix of 70% of that mix being DMSO, so like uh, 70% of a, t you know, a tablespoon uh, of, of DMSO and then, you know, like 30% of distilled water. And then I might add like a drop of frankincense, a drop of myrrh, um, you know, maybe some oregano oil, some some kind of a, you know, something to go in and kind of kill cancer, to go in and decrease inflammation. And these things mix in with the DMSO and then, boom, carries it in. You let that dry and, and you know, for about 35, 40 minutes, just dry with nothing touching it, and then you pat it off and good to go. Um, let me stop there for a second and just kind of take a breath and see if anybody wants to chime in. I've been uh, I've been using DMSO for about seven years, and I've used it for tons and tons of stuff. My understanding is that it's most effective at seventy percent. So when I've made it for people, I've cut I've cut I've taken aloe vera leaf chopped it up, uh, you know, pulled out the, the, the inside, not the green, and put that in a blender and got that all smoothed out and then added DMSO to that. And uh, I've used it in a lot of different ways. I drink it with orange juice. I've actually uh, used it with cologne on my wrists. <laughs> um, oh. I'm, I'm not as careful as I should be with it because I've been using it for so long. <laughs> Right. I I use uh, I have a fire cider that I make, uh, which has garlic and horseradish and cayenne pepper and ginger, onions, turmeric, all mixed in with apple cider vinegar. And yeah, you know, I let that sit with uh, quite a few other things actually, a, a few other peppers, and, and I let that sit for about a month, and then I strain that off, 
and I'll, I'll take about an ounce of that with about an ounce of of the DMSO. And uh, when I do that, people tell me I smell like olives the next day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a special, a special smell that. Yeah, that's what you said. You've always got kind of, you've had kind of like a hint of olive. And and again, yep. DMSO, I did right out of the gate when I first got it because, you know, they said dilute, dilute, dilute. And I was like, well, I need to see what the hell is going to happen if I put it on my skin because sure as shit, I know somebody's going to slather their body up with this shit. And I need to see, you know, are they going to be like skin melting off mm-hmm. or, you know, what. Um, and so I, I, you know, I took, put some on, you know, I just took some and wiped it on. I think I did both my knees. I just, you know, wiped it on my legs to see what would happen. Um, and, it, you know, it tingled. It, it had a mild burning sensation just for a, a bit. But, you know, really within a, a minute or two, that warm feeling, that kind of itchy, it was gone. But, you know, again, anybody before they jump into using it wants to do like a, a skin test first. And so, you know, find a small space on your arm to test sensitivity. Um, and, you know, the, the 90% may be a bit much, but you can touch a bit of that to your skin and see. And if it, you know, if it doesn't agree with you, it may not be for you, but you can, you know, dilute it. Obviously, for softer areas like the face or, you know, really soft thin-skinned areas, um, it's not uncommon for people to, to mix it, at, you know, like at a 50% uh, dilution just to make sure that it's, you know, not too strong for those areas. My uh, my shoulders are actually more sensitive than my face when it comes to DMSO. Oh, I, I can put it, I put it straight on my face before. And, you know, right away, you know, put it on first and then put a conditioner on top. Um, some kind of a of an oil yeah. moisturizer, yeah. but Barrier but if I yeah if I put it on my shoulders, my shoulders will itch for well over an hour, and I've gotten welts on my shoulders, which went away a couple hours later. But oh my god, they were so itchy, I couldn't believe it. And, well, uh, but you know, your shoulders maybe is really soft skin, and your face you shave and stuff, so maybe yeah, that's, something. You know, maybe that skin's a little bit tougher there for you. Yeah, but definitely, uh, definitely test it out on yourself. Right. right, absolutely. Well, and it's important for people to recognize that, you know, like with DMSO, it's it's a solvent and it can dissolve other substances. So it's real important not to mix it in with like certain kinds of plastics or anything that, you know, again, is going to have some kind of toxicity. Um, and you want to make sure your skin's dry before you put on any clothes because, um you you know it can absorb in fibers or you know whatever's whatever's on your clothing um and you know when applying it for pain relief you want to hit an area that's larger than where the pain was so if your knee's painful you know you're going to want to put it like six inches above and below the knee um you know in the all around the circumference of the knee um you know, if if your your hand hurts, apply it all the way, you know, kind of to the middle of your forearm. So you want to make sure that you can get a good coverage. Um, and, you know, they even talk about, like, for very, you know, for acute um, illnesses or issues that, 
you might apply every um, two hours for six to eight hours, you know, immediately after an injury occurs. So if you got like a sprain or, you know, some some kind of an injury along those lines, um, you're going to want to use it every, then you know, like four to six hours um, for the first couple weeks. So it'd be like, you know, no different than popping a capsule, some kind of pill, but you're, you know, applying a topical that over time is going to help reduce yeah, that the, uh, patient. The other thing, the other thing, Dana, about the DMSO is, um, is it throws off a lot of heat and it will burn your yeah. skin. If, so I don't know how you want to cover that, but it's uh, something to be aware well, of. Well, and that's why we talked about doing the patch test and again the dilution. So when you're taking your DMSO and you're diluting it 30% with, like, distilled water or aloe vera mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever you're you're utilizing, that's going to cut down on that. And even then, you know, you're going to do – or you might do your patch test with that 70-30 mix, and you put that on and you wait, you know, for 30-40 minutes – and, and see how your skin's going to react. And if you have a, a pretty uncomfortable reaction, you got two choices. You can further dilute it, maybe a 60-40 or a 50-50, um, or, you know, you, you may back out and say, yeah, not for me. Um, so in, in just because it is so powerful, like if you're going to begin taking it orally, um, you would you would start out by uh, like say mixing four ounces of distilled water with one teaspoon of DMSO in the water, um, and then you would drink that. But because it, it can cause you know stomach irritation, and again it's something new, we start low. So you, day one you might take a quarter teaspoon of DMSO in four ounces of water. Day, you know, day two, you double that up to a half a teaspoon. Day three, three quarters of a teaspoon. And day four and day five, you know, you then are up to one teaspoon in that four ounces of water. So, you know, you want to make sure that that you've got a buildup so you don't make yourself sick because, again, you know, while a Herxheimer reaction is okay, um... You know, you you don't, if you can prevent really fast die-off with certain things you want to, and again, you, you want to avoid irritation if you can. Um, and uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and if you want to use it transdermally, um, you can take and 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 again choose to dilute it or not. I I I don't recommend not diluting it. Um, you know I I don't see any reason why you just you wouldn't because it's it's going to sting pretty good. I would say. Uh, oh, it's more so, it's more effective at seventy percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, I'm not you know I'm just I'm not really sure why somebody wouldn't well because they tend to think oh dilution means not as good and that's just not mm-hmm. not the, not necessarily the case 
And I'd say if you're not diluting it, then you're probably not going to want to continue using it. It's not going to feel good. Um, so, you know, so then with DMSO, in, in, in really kind of we can talk about the, the MSM, the methyl sulfonyl methane, you know, again, it's kind of like a cousin to DMSO, and it, you know, is, is a powdered crystal substance that you, again, mix in with water, and it needs to be non-chlorinated water because chlorine um, counteracts what the MSM does. But again, you know, this is something that you can take and you can begin adding things like you brought up earlier, liposomal vitamin C. Um, and we talk about liposomal vitamin C because um, it's more bioavailable. bioavailable. You know, it, it absorbs into our body better. So we're able to take, um, you know, high doses of it and get it to where it needs it to go before the body rids itself of, of what's there. Um, you can also begin building other things into these, like um, MSN's one that's, you know, kind of great taken right in the beginning of the morning. It can give you a boost. It really helps with inflam decreasing inflammation in the body. Um, you know, it's something you, it's best if it's taken on an empty stomach. Well, all of a sudden, if you start getting real jiggy with it and you throw in some liposomal vitamin C which we have a document on recipes on how to make your own liposomal vitamin C and buying it it can be pretty expensive um, making it pretty much in your first month you're going to you know make your money back um, just just because of the, the huge cost savings of making your own and um, Iodine, uh, vitamin D with a bit of fat, uh, and even colloidal silver. You can take these guys and mix them together, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, really kind of one hell of a cocktail um, where you, you know, are going to be able to begin really, uh, I, I think, delivering your meds to sources of, of cancer, the areas of cancer that, you know, you need to fight the most. Now, Gus, you had talked about or asked about the iodine. Yeah, I was curious about the iodine. I've got some Lugol's iodine that, that oh, I've had yeah. for years. And I never opened it. I never had, you know, I never, I just never got around to actually researching it. It just came with some other stuff I had bought as a sample. Well, and taking, actually taking um, the MSM with, or the iodine um, with actual salt, like a quarter teaspoon of salt, again, helps improve its absorption and the, the bioavailability, um, you know, of of the iodine. And so, again, like iodine works in, you know, micrograms. It's, you know, very, very, very low doses 
that that are needed. A little bit of iodine goes a long way. It's not something that you want to think, oh, you know, more is better because it's not. And it can make you sick and, you know, mess you up. So, again, natural doesn't mean that it can't hurt you. And, and that's where, you know, we want to make sure people understand that. Um, so, um, so with the, you know, the MSM, that's something where you begin to, you know, you're going to make organic sulfur water, um, and there's a couple ways you can do that. You just, like I said, we have to make sure that the water is not chlorinated. So, um, you know, if there's some, for some reason you don't have a lemon to neutralize the chlorine, or you haven't, um, you know, been able to let it sit, for a period of time, hot water, um, you know, from the faucet, and, you know, that that's supposed to negate the chlorine that's in there. Um, you certainly want to make sure that when you're, you're utilizing DMSO or MSM that you're, you know, you're staying hydrated, um, and, and that could mean, like, your body weight divided into in ounces um, potentially for the day but again you can we want you can count in other things if you're eating lots of fruits and vegetables that you know are, are high in liquid content you know again you can kind of count that but um, you definitely want to make sure that you you stay hydrated um, and so then adding in uh, you know your your iodine uh, like I said, taking mixing in a quarter teaspoon of salt with that all of a sudden again increases the uh, bioavailability. And in it's real salt. What you're looking for is something called real salt, or even like pink salt. But real salt's like a, an actual, it's a specific brand of salt that's loaded with a bunch of um, natural min minerals and. Um, you know, those are important for oxygen transport and other purposes and helping move things around the body. Um, so, again, you know, all of a sudden mixing something like that in there um, increases the bioavailability. And so with those, um, those iodine drops, is yours like the 5% iodine? Yes. What's that? Is, is, yours, is yours the five uh, percent legal? Life? I don't know. I, I don't know what mine is. I haven't seen okay. the bottle in a while. I just uh, had a friend of mine good. come over, and uh, she was telling me the way she takes it is she puts a, a, a couple of drops on her wrist, rubs it around, and and uh, if it disappears uh, in, in a half hour, she'll do it again. And she might do it three times, uh, but if it doesn't disappear, then then her body's got plenty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right on. That's that's a cool little tip. Um, yeah. Well, and 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 again with the the iodine, that's just you know one or two drops, and you can mix it in with a uh, you know a small glass of purified water and. You're good to go. 
um, or it's again something that you can take in conjunction, you know, with um, the you wanted to. Yeah, I was looking at uh, when you were talking. I was looking at the real salt. Uh huh. So there's a company called Real Salt. Is that the one you're talking about? Uh huh. Yeah, that looks uh, that there's a salt that I get from uh, from France. It's it's a gray salt, and mm-hmm. it's um, so at high tide it pools on the coast, and then when the tide goes out, the water gets trapped and it and it dehydrates, and it leaves all the salt behind. And so they have these salt beds that they get this uh, this salt from, and I've never heard of this raw salt. I mean this uh, real salt. I'll have to check into that. Yeah, yeah. Is that salt you're talking about? Salt, oh, sorry. I, I couldn't hear either one of you. That is that salt, is, Kalima salt, by any by any chance? Uh, the salt that I get is is uh, is a company with my the same last name I have, Button. It's uh, it's a it's a Button company, but it's the salt that they get. From it's, I guess it's what most of the restaurants use in Europe. It's uh, gray salt. Mm-hmm. And when I was looking at the compounds in it, it was almost identical to a Himalayan pink salt. It was very, yeah. very much the same. Well, that's what I was going to say. You could also use Himalayan pink salt, and and that would be fine. You know, they're they're pretty similar. Hello. Okay. Gus. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, a uh, little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Breton is actually very popular. Uh, Gus has a lot. Of, has a line of foods. He's. Uh, I. I. I'm eating. Uh, I'm eating some uh, ham on uh, Breton crackers right now. Uh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Kidding. All right. I asked him on the table, Mike. <laughs> Right on. Would this be a good time to ask a question? Sure. Uh, hi, I, it's Lonnie. Hi, Dana. Hi, Jeff. Hi, hi everybody. Hey, I got on a little late, so if if I'm uh, asking something you already went over, I apologize. Um, I wanted to start taking the how do you say it? Colloid- Colloidal silver. 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 <laughs> yeah. And um, I was wondering if you guys could direct me in, in that and what the benefits are. Uh, and I do, I do have a little uh, silver maker, and I don't understand the PPM. Is it PPMs? That's part uh, I guess familiar. how you measure it and, and at what number it should be and um, what the name of that little – I would need to buy on Amazon or something to tell me the number of silver that's in the water. Is that too many questions? Sorry. No, not at all. Is that, do you guys want to jump in on anything there, or Jeff or Gus or? No, no, go ahead. I, I've always uh, I've always heard about the pot for million being too high. I'm hoping that'll help. Yeah, and that's that's one thing because it's gonna you know it helps well it helps fight bacteria and viruses and and shingles and herpes and helps to boost the immune system. Um, so yeah, colloidal silver you know is uh, a 
a strong antibiotic, obviously way, way back when, you know, silver was utilized for a number of things. Some of that was our flatware and, and mugs and, and things of that nature, just like copper was utilized because they purify or are able to um, uh, change the molecular structure, especially when electricity is applied, but, you know, to... Um, Essentially, with colloidal silver, you're uh, applying an electrical charge to that in like a distilled water, and it ionizes the water with the silver particles. And so, and that then you have you know you have something that is, uh, gosh, has many many many. Um, benefits as far as, you know, being able to keep you healthy. And, you know, colloidal silver is phenomenal. I mean, you can literally put it in damn near every orifice of your body. Like, you know, there's been a few times I personally, like once or twice a year, I might try to get like a little sty by my, one of my eyes. You know, you wake up and you get the really sore eyelash and boom, you know, a couple drops of colloidal silver and, you know, it immediately within, you know, that uh, very not very long, within that day, it, it clears that up. Ear aches, boom, you can put it in your ears, you can put it in your nose, you can put it in your eyes, you can literally put it wherever you can get it. It's also a very effective wound healer. So, um, you know, for cuts, bites, scrapes, wounds. Now, if you have a, a, an extremely deep wound, then you would not um, utilize colloidal silver until, you know, it, it was, was healed well enough because colloidal silver will heal so fast that if it's a very deep wound, um, it, it'll begin to close over at that top, you know, close the top over versus healing from the inside out. And then you can get air pockets or bacteria or, you know, yucky stuff trapped in there. And, you know, we don't want to... We don't want to do that. Um, so, Lonnie, you brought up parts per million. So there's all different kinds. You'll see anywhere from, you know, uh, five or ten parts per million up to, I don't know, I think I've seen a 500, which is like a super, super duper. Um, but really, 20 to 25 parts per million is really fine to fight most really anything that you need. Um, and, you know, that's that's... That's and, and can you massive. drink it? Huh? Can you ingest it? And, and oh, absolutely. Yep. Starting, you can drink it. And starting yep. dose would be, I, I think I fight, you know, you just said something really fascinating. Because of the Bell's palsy, I fight, and they think it could be a shingles virus or uh, that zoster, herpes zoster. So mm -hmm. you're saying it will kill that. So I'd like to start drinking it, but... I don't know how much a day because you get scared. People say you could turn blue or something. Well, the one it. guy who yeah, turned that's, blue that's was old, literally like drinking like gallons of this shit for 30 years. I mean, just massive, massive, massive amounts of it. Go ahead, Jeff. Was that you? Yeah, what I was going to say is, <clears throat> you know, a couple things when it comes to Bell's palsy and shingles, et cetera. And I always go back to mushrooms. But yes, colloidal silver is excellent for 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 that. 
Um, and it's just good stuff in general. Uh, I give it to my dog. You know, I literally, oh. he gets he gets a teaspoon of this stuff in his water basically every day. So, oh. um, you know, it's really, 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 really safe to use. Okay. And so, and when you're sick, like if you say you have a cold or you're feeling sick, um, you know, seven tablespoons a day is not unheard of. Oh. So, okay. you know, and you can look this stuff up and you can find this, these, these dosages. And you can obviously look at our resource page too. But I wanted to okay. say something about herpes and shingles and mushroom extracts. And I highly recommend someone is dealing with something Herpes like that. And dealing with <clears throat> reishi, lion's mane. Turkey tail is pretty good too, but reishi is even better. And you can look this stuff up. There's a lot of research on reishi and right. shingles. Um, it kills it. It literally kills ah. it. And when, when it. And when you get into, you know, king oyster mushrooms and all these other extracts that you can get involved with, um, these things are good against influenza. They're good against herpes. They're good against shingles. They're good against HIV. So there's many more things that in nature that can fight and kill the, a lot of these situations, maladies, um, that, uh, you know, are available and, and readily available to people and people just don't know about them. So, you know, Dana's absolutely right. I mean, she can tell you how to make it and, and all that stuff. I, I, don't, I haven't gotten into making silver yet, but it's not that difficult to do once you know how to do it. I know that. I mean, I've done it before. Oh, it's, it's super easy. <clears throat> Everybody should make their own. Once you I do mean, it, you can it's literally easy. go get yeah. like those little alligator clips, you know, positive and negative. Yeah. And then get yeah. like and and get some wire and tape and tape those bad boys together and hook them up to a nine volt battery and all of a sudden you've got a colloidal silver generator, you know. There's the also sheet. colloidal gold. There's also you know all there's other colloidal metals. Right, too. right. So well, colloidal gold. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, well, obviously it would be more expensive to make, but it's you know yeah. it's a you know something that people use. You right know? now, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Now, what's and like the name Dana said the... earlier about silver, about is that like you know back in the day, teething rings <clears throat> for babies were made out of sterling silver, and they were handed down from generation to generation. I mean, some people have these teething rings that have been in their families for a hundred years or more. Wow. And. The silver kills the bacteria. That's the whole point. <laughs> Didn't they used to put silver or something in, in, in our, like I know when I was a baby they, and my kids, they put something silver in the baby's eyes. Do you remember what that was? Well, anyway. but what, it, was a what silver, it was a name? silver ointment. Yeah. What is the name of the thing, uh, if I order it on Amazon, that will tell me what the PPMs are? I, I don't know. You know what? Here's the deal. What that little—it's a little infrared light thing—and it'll give you a number reading, and it kind of okay. gives you an idea. But it's—you end up looking. They'll have you look kind of more at a color chart. At least I—at least the one I have that I'm aware of. You know that that I I got with my kit. It doesn't without like actual testing at a lab oh okay uh, it, i don't know that you know like i said it it shows me 
like what my starting water is. It gives me a number. And then as I make it, because the water itself can have like all kinds of, I don't know, you know, if it, stuff floating around in it or whatever, like minerals and whatnot. So you use distilled water, but um, it doesn't tell okay. you the actual parts per million, though. And maybe okay. there is something out there, and I don't have it, but I, I, I'm not sure that outside of, you know, some kind of a company. Now they give you, like, a color sheet to to kind of go by and look at. So the darker isn't necessarily better because no, huh? I've experimented and mine's clear, but I see the little rods, one's bubbling, you know, like crazy, you know, um, and it's supposed to do that, right? And you do it for like 20 minutes? Yeah, or? yeah, and it doesn't have to be really, really dark. And a lot of times, sometimes if it is, it's uh, like some oxidation and, and maybe didn't like boil the distilled water or um okay okay or a couple of other things it's not going to hurt you but it's it's oh man i cannot think of what the term is jeff can we drink it can we drink like four ounces a day and be safe forever oh yeah yeah okay yeah and and does now does the mushrooms factor? You can also that find that dosaging. You can find that dosage dosing for colloidal silver. It's all over okay. the internet. I mean, yeah, yeah you and can. I think it, I it, it, and even even on the day, didn't I, Lonnie? Huh? I question. I, I, yeah, I couldn't it. download it or open it, so I think I need a new computer. So I was kind of bummed about oh, no, that. I no, but I posted I, dosing, though, where you asked the question. Oh, you did. Okay. Oh, look. Yeah. Thank you very much. On Jeff's turkey tail, I know the lion's mate. You guys, do mushrooms regenerate nerves? Yeah, well, I, you know. Lion's mane. Lion's mane. Lion's mane. I'm telling you right now, I think that you should be on extracts that, you know, that are high in lion's mane and, okay. and reishi. And, and, and ni- niacin, so, B3, increases the uh, bioavailability, the benefits, the nerve re, you know, generation of, of the lion's mane. It, it becomes a great stacker with that. That's right. Okay. And so you, you take a B-complex with some alpha-lipoic acid would be helpful. Oh, um, okay. And, I don't know if I don't know if you're using digestive enzymes right now at all, but I would. I need to, and I was going to ask you or Dana or somebody. What I was going to post on Nature's Tranquility, please. What is a good digestive enzyme? I can answer. What I use for me right now is, and it's something I just I get at CVS, and okay. it's, um, it's an ultra digestive enzyme, and it's um, it's made by Radiance. It's called Radiance Platinum. Ultra digestive enzymes. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve different enzymes in it. Works very well. Um, I'll go buy that tomorrow. And of course, I know Dana talks about serapeptase, so um, it's great stuff. What? Thank that? you. Hmm. Serapeptase. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. 
Well, you yeah. know, because of a religious, my religious belief, I can't, I can't take that. It's not kosher for me. Oh, really? So that, that's, you know, that's why I, I couldn't take that. But I will go to CVS tomorrow and buy this Radiance Platinum. Yeah, or and you can also um, may even be able to find something. I don't know if you can find anything, but um, see, it's different. I get what you're saying. Is that from the bovine stuff that's in it? No, it's from that silkworm, right, Dana? It's the well, actually, okay. So, actually, serapeptase isn't doesn't actually come from the worm. It's it's something that they make that's based off of, because they'd have to be milking little silkworm butts for, I don't even know. Uh, but I, I think that it's synthesized in some way. It's a compound, but I, I don't think it actually comes from, I think, I think what a lot of what we take is slightly different. Okay. Because uh, I know the doctor, naturopath, was putting me on an armor thyroid, and I can't take that because it's a uh, porcine, it's pig, which isn't kosher. So we're looking for oh, a no, bovine yeah. one, and I can't find it. Well, I will I will look again. Well, I can uh, tell you that these digestive enzymes at CVS are considered vegan. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Thank that's what you guys are Now, amazing. whether they... Thank you so much, you guys. You guys are all just wonderful. Thank what we're you, here Lonnie. to do, we're here to share information. Yeah. We love people coming out and asking questions. So, you know, we really want to, you know, what Dana has done with the resource page is just amazing. I mean, I've been sending people there a lot, and a lot of people don't even understand that they can make their own medicine. <laughs> they don't even, the concept right. doesn't even compute, you know. So it's kind of neat to be able to send them to a resource page where they can actually see a recipe for medicine. So I can take Dana and Jeff. I can take or Jeff. Yeah, Lion's Mane every day with the D3 every day, like a half a teaspoon, and I'll be okay. I mean, oh, it, yeah. it won't hurt me, or you know, no. Daily. Yeah. No, for okay. the, you, you should Daily not. You should not okay. have. You know, we. Number one, we, I don't like making recommendations for anyone, but I can okay. tell you that I can tell you that I do. Okay. Okay, and I can tell you that fear is not allowed. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Fear well, is and I'm false. bad about it's with just, Lonnie. I know it's all Lonnie your, all well, the problems, so. uh, all the problems that you're going to have with fear are going to be just from not having any experience in administering this stuff once you administer it the fear goes away it's just, you'll realize like damn it why didn't i do this 20 years ago or damn it why didn't i learn i've done that with so many things because i was just kind of leery and afraid and i had all these questions and i just overthought it and what i can okay. tell you is i have ingested gum spirit turpentine so I've i can tell you that colloidal, colloidal silver is like water compared to that yeah. Literally. I mean, it's just n nothing compared to, you know, swallowing a, a tablespoon of, you know, gum spear turpentine. So, uh -huh. and, you know, so it, the, the, the silver is, is 
is great yeah, stuff. And if you think about like all the ca- countertops in the in the hospitals, et cetera, is all impregnated with silver. You know, um, you can go again. Another thing, you can go to Walgreens and you can get uh, Curad makes a silver uh, cream that you can use as a topical. I use it all when I cut my finger uh, and got stitches last month. Um, I didn't take. I didn't get the antibiotics. I used colloidal silver internally, and um, I kept it clean. I cleaned it with a colloidal silver gel that I have, and I put the colloidal silver cream on it with a bandage. And it is healed amazingly. So, um, yeah, there's just so many Boil applications silver can also be for nebulized. silver. So it's it's really yep, great. Yep, it sure can. It's another great way. I'm glad that you brought that up. The lungs. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So somebody yeah, with bronchitis could nebulize that. It would heal. Cancer. Absolutely, it could help. It'll help. Wow. Them sure. Yeah, lung infections and and asthmatics and even COPD. throat infections. You yeah. know, when you nebulize that, when you nebulize that, you have strep throat. Uh, it, it just it, it it just wipes it out. And and the same thing. And the, here's the other thing. You know, guys, we're talking about stuff to, to apply to things that are already happening that are bad. You know, that that have gone south a little bit. The other side of this is maintenance, and you know, teaching people that gut, how important the gut health is is really where, where we're coming from. You know, once you get your gut in order, a lot of these other things are not going to happen. You know, you're not going to get as sick. You're not going to get the strep throat. You're not going to get, um, you know, other, the other viruses that are you're being exposed to because your immunity is going to be stronger. And that's really important, you know. Um, the silver is great, but you also have to be building the gut. Yeah, I need help with that, too. That's where the mushrooms are going to help you. You know, the mushrooms can really help a lot. When you're using digestive enzymes and you're using mushrooms and you're using proper supplements um, and you're eating properly, that's really the key, you know. Um, Gus knows this, you know. He He talks about his fire cider and he talks about you know, kimchi and all these other things. These things are very important for gut health and, and balance. But the, the, the mushrooms will help with modulation. They'll help with, definitely help with um, nerve issues. The lion's mane is remarkable. And, you know, the more potent the extract, the better. Though That's another thing that just, you know, your body accepts it. Like it's, it's a, you're more closely related to the mushroom extract than basically anything on the planet. So use them, I say. Thank you. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, You still there, Gus? Yes, I am. You know, I think then there's, you know, we've got all of our vitamins and different things like that. So, you know, as we were talking about, like benefits. So MSM is is an activator um, for another of, of for a number of things. So as we talked about MSM powder, you know, it benefits our bodies by <clears throat> helping our bodies absorb more nutrients, so more vitamins and more more you know minerals. So things like co coenzyme Q10, it's something that actually locks with MSM. 
So it's like a lock and key, like THC and the CB1 receptor, boom, it fits in there perfectly. They lock together, and MSM can effect, you know, effectively help carry and improve the bioavailability of your CoQ10. Um, you know, and, and, and really, that, because they lock together, in order to really, which I, I didn't realize this until recently, so, you know, yay for learning, but that locking mechanism for some of these things like CoQ10 um, for the body to fully, fully like utilize that nutrient, you have to have MSM. You have to have sulfur with it. Um, let's see the uh, panthonic, uh, uh, panthonic acid, vitamin A, vitamin D, and vitamin E. Um, Let's see, amino acids, selenium, calcium um, are just a few of the other things that need, really benefit us most when they have MSM to lock with. So some kind of a sulfur. Um, and, and so, you know, if, if we're not doing that, then we're really not getting the most out of those vitamins that we're taking. Um so it's it's important to understand that, and it's important for people to also understand like the types of of vitamins and supplements that they're taking, because um, not all of them can can be combined together. You think you know like a multivitamin is kind of one thing, but then at the same point there'll be things like Zinc. Um, zinc is one that, you know, really needs it needs to be taken without food, so it needs to be taken before food, it needs to be taken after food, um, and it needs to not be taken anywhere near, like, calcium or iron, right? So zinc is one that is not a stacker, uh, you know, it's not one that vitamin mineral-wise that you're going to take with anything else. It's going to be one that you're going to take on um, its own. Um, certainly vitamin D3. D3 is, you know, a fat-soluble um, a, a fat soluble vitamin just like vitamin E is. Well, um, we have to be careful not to take too many like of those, um, too many of those because they'll compete, especially things that you have to take high levels of, like maybe a magnesium and a vitamin D. You wouldn't take those together because they're going to compete um, for absorption, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> How long would you space that, taking D3? And, like, I take a calm magnesium and calcium at night before I go to bed. So how long would you space taking the D3 then away, you know? Well, your D3, you're, typically you're going to take that with, like, a meal somewhere. Um, oh, okay. Because it's a fat-soluble vitamin. Um Okay. You know, zinc. It, not not as many people supplement with um, 
like with with zinc um like they might some of the you know some of the other um vitamins that we utilize um you know so you you want to understand stuff like that or um you know like d seventeen um you know, again, that's another one that's before or after meals, um, but it can it can it can be combined with you know stuff. But again, it's it's one where you've got to link it with another one that can be taken on an empty stomach. But you know, again, it's it's finding that mix of of what you can marry together. Um, like wormwood is is one that you space two hours from vitamins and minerals because. Um, it'll it'll kick them off their sites and it won't allow them to absorb properly. Um, I used to think, and there was a belief for a long time, that wormwood, and, and actually it's just been until recently, the last few weeks, that I was able to actually find the studies that said wormwood didn't um, impact the same receptors as THC, but for a long time, because of the related psychedelic effects that some people got from the absinthe that, you know, they thought that it was working um, on a, a same, the same or similar way that, that THC did. Um, so, again, you know, so adding wormwood to a protocol, it's a really strong cancer killer. It's a great detoxifier, um, does one, you know, can do a lot for, for livers, but again, it's one that you know you don't take more than a few grams a day, you know, like three grams of a powder, no more than like sixty drops of a tincture, and you don't take it for any more than like four weeks. Um, so, you know, again, it's it's understanding that not everything is meant to be taken necessarily every single day, or not everything is going to be taken multiple times in a day. Um, and, and then, you know, recognizing that not everything can necessarily be taken um, at the same time. Um, you know, recognizing things, again, like D3 and K2 marry together real well. K2 helps with D3 absorption, but a little bit of K2 goes a very long way. So, you know, again... Uh, you know, if you're you're stacking those, a little bit goes a long way. I did find out today, uh, you guys. I talked to a um, pharmacist because my husband takes Coumadin, and uh, we, you know, have a vape, um, some cannabis with THC. So I was really, because I had read an article that THC could possibly interact with uh, Coumadin, and yeah. it does not, which it, is it, wonderful it news. So, uh, I'm sorry, say that again? No, it's, it's, it's there, it always says can or may. So it may increase, like, oh. like the action, the mechanism of those things, um, you know, and so that's where we tell people to be careful because that's what a lot of the material, what, so, but what did the pharmacist say? 
He just said that it no, no problem at all with CBD or THC with the warfarin. Um, not, not a problem at all. And my husband's the test that he, he has to do the protein test every six to eight weeks. They've been fine. They've been perfect. And it does. It also doesn't uh, interact with the metformin. Uh, you know, a lot of diabetics are on it. it, it he said it's fine, no problem. He said it's we actually good. We haven't seen good. a lot, but again, what they find is, you know, sometimes THC can, you know, the can- cannabinoids can lower blood sugar levels. So, yay, you know, diabetics may require less insulin or less metformin. You know, less of certain, you know. Um, over-the-counter or whatever prescribed medications that they're taking and um, yeah I don't know they the, uh, there's lots of warnings with the, the the blood thinners but again you know I have to keep explaining to people that that cannabis oil itself is not a blood thinner you know however like CBD might increase oxygenation of blood or blood flow it might cause things to move around more quickly but it's not necessarily that it's making the blood thin. Right. Well, that's good that you, you know, you got that. That was though. just a little tidbit for you. I didn't mean to yeah. go off. Sorry. No, no, no. But, but I read, anytime you or Jeff or anybody post something, I really try to read it and understand it. I'm really new to this, and so I thought, I'm going to ask the farm, because I read that document you did, uh, sent or put out on interactions, you know, and mm-hmm. I thought this would be a good time to ask the pharmacist, you know. He actually said it's a good thing, and he was all for it. Right on. Yeah. Wow. So I do That's... listen to you guys and try so to read your So stuff. wait, I got a question. If he had said it wasn't, what would you have done? talk to you guys <laughs> that's a good answer the I, reason i, I asked that question take, the reason i asked that question is you got a good value. one i mean i would i would but then i would ask people like you who are knowledgeable with this stuff where maybe they're not you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i do that's why i asked you Yep. Uh-huh. Well, and your husband's also been doing it long enough now where you would have, if he was having any negative effects, you would have seen it by now. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No, I don't listen to just mainstream. I, I want to get away from it. If I could get my husband off the wharf, and I wish we could, if I could get off the metformin, oh, my gosh, I'd be, you know, so, no, my goal Well, there's is, a way to do that. There's a way to do that. You know, so, you know, and you're talking to someone who's a diabetic. Is he type 2? Uh-huh. He's a type 2? I am. Oh, you are? I am. Yeah. yeah he's okay. on the so, woman. Her husband does. So, and what's your diet like? Um, really, really low carb. I don't, I'm afraid to go keto all the mean? way. What do you mean by low carb? Uh, okay, I'll give you an example. Like this morning, I had a half a piece of spelt bread with avocado and, and egg on it. Mm-hmm. So do you eat any So, food? you know, lunch, lunch could be just 
Um, sometimes I make, um, you know, like hard-boiled eggs or protein with cheese. And um, dinner, like last night, dinner was a salad with mangoes, grapes, and raspberries. Yum. You should, so more of that would be really good. So really, I'm saying, like, um, I'll tell you what turned my diabetic life around, and it was going 100% raw. When I got on the the 80-10-10 diet, and I was basically mostly raw at the beginning, we we did a thing called raw till four, and then you you have your cooked meal at night. But if you can do raw till four, you're going to see and drink, you know, proper amounts of water and and you te- how often do you test your blood? I just do it in the morning. Okay. That's what that's what my doctor said to do. Should I be testing? Your doctor her? is wrong. Okay. Your doctor is wrong, wrong, wrong. Okay. So if if you eat something, if you don't test your blood after you eat, how do you know what your blood sugar is? Okay. If you so test, test yourself, two hours it, after I eat, whatever you want to do, you can test it in an hour. You, you know, you can test any time you want to. It's a really good thing to do because you will start finding out how your body reacts to some of the stuff you're eating. Yeah. And you'll be able to really know. See, like I have an ex-girlfriend whose son is type one, and she tests his blood over ten times a day. Oh wow. And she has to. He doesn't. He can go into some serious problems, and it happens because he's a kid and he likes to sneak stuff and blah blah blah. But the point is, is she she tests him six at least six to seven times a day, sometimes ten times a day. And even as somebody who's you know not a type one, in reality, we should be testing our our our, our blood sugar at least four or five times a day. Okay. Your body, your body changes at 2 o'clock. I mean, you know, I always go back to the Dr. Pepper thing. You know, Dr. Pepper was a nutritional thing. And they came up with the science that figured out that it was like 10, 2, and 4 is when you need to snack, when you need to eat something. Dr. Pepper to this day is still a medical, is still a, is still a, a thing, uh, a diet-related thing for 10, 2, and 4 as a medical procedure for sugar. Because those are the times when your body literally switches gears. Okay. So, if you're so eating, the 80 so if you're 10, eating, 10 diet, is there something I could look up online? Yep. You'll be able to find a book. That's, you'll be able to find a book and all kinds of information on the 80 10 10. Okay. Basically, what that is, is you're not going to like it. <laughs> but oh, I'm sure. It's a high carb diet. A high carb diet? All, it's all raw, raw fruits and vegetables. Fruit is carbs. Oh, the problem oh, people oh. see the problem. The problem people. The problem with people is they believe they're doctors, and their doctors don't know a damn thing about how to treat diabetes except to throw metformin down your throat. Yeah. Or give you insulin. Well, there's a big okay? difference between bullshit. left fun versus it's right bullshit. fun sugars and fruit sugars and. Oh, well, the okay. point the point is, is food is the issue. The issue with diabetics is fat, not sugar. The problem with diabetics is mixing fat and sugar. Oh. So if you're making smoothies with yogurt and blueberries, you're doing it wrong. 
If you're making smoothies with fats and fruits, you're doing it wrong. If you're eating cake, you, you know, I mean, you can just put it together in your mind and you can see that blocks insulin receptors, period. You can have the fat, oh. just have it, have it away from the sugar. It's just like food combining. Uh, cantaloupe takes longer to digest than strawberries. So if you're eating a fruit salad and you're eating a boatload of cantaloupe and, and, and strawberries and pineapple and blueberries, now you're making your body work overtime to digest that stuff because that melon is going to take a lot longer than everything else. So if you're going to do it, eat the melon last. It's just these little things, these little tweaks that we can do that you'd be surprised at how much of a difference it makes if you're testing your blood sugar, if you're drinking the proper amounts of water, if you're eating raw till four, you know, uh, you know, if you're eating a huge salad for dinner rather than anything else, you know, things like that make a huge difference to your body. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to think about and research because, you know, I know guys that are type 1 diabetics that are triathletes that are fruitarians, and all they eat is raw fruit. And they're pumped. Oh, I'll go look it up. Very I, little. I will search that tomorrow. Thank you. The carbohydrate problem is processed carbs. That's what doctors are talking about. They're talking about white carbs. They're talking about you know sugar and bread and all that stuff. Those are the carbs that people talk about that are a problem. That can be a problem. Alcohol, anything that change, turns to sugar, right? Refined carbs. So that's really what they're talking about. They're not talking, you know. And then. I, the, the biggest pet peeve I have is I know for a fact doctors are telling people not to eat fruit. It's when they're true. Diabetic. It's oh, true. That's I try bullshit. The most important, the most perfect sugar for your body. Yes. The most perfect sugar for your body, and they're telling you not to use it. It's retarded. Wow. So, so oh. I'm going to say. Even a banana? Sugar, what about it? You can eat a, a we can eat a banana? Can you imagine somebody telling you you can't eat a fucking banana? I'm sorry, I don't mean to be, I don't mean to say it that way, but I mean, how fucking retarded is it that someone who's trying to, who's a doctor, who's who we're doctor, the word doctor means teacher, and he has no nutritional training at all, and he's going to tell you not to eat a fucking banana? How yep. dare him say that to you? I, I mean, am going to go look this up tomorrow. It's just so retarded to me. It doesn't make any sense. Does it make any sense to you that you can't eat fruit? Well, they scare you because they they say it's sugar, you know. What did I say about sugar? Fear? You know, you, so that it I mean? raises your so, blood. Yeah, but it, 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 it does. It does raise your, it does. <laughs> it raises your blood sugar. But it doesn't raise your blood sugar like a cupcake. You know, you oh. know and this is why I say, so, so now... So now you see how important it is to test your blood. You see that? Yeah. So here's what you can do. Here's a, here's a little test for you. You go and you eat what you normally eat, or you go eat some fruit. And then you test yourself after you eat your fruit, you know, a couple hours later, whatever you want to do. You test yourself, and you can see where your blood sugar levels are. And yeah. then you can decide, okay, I better drink some water, or I better... You know, whatever it is, whatever it is, I better, you know, uh, uh, take a walk. Uh, uh, hey, well, take everybody. a walk or eat a cucumber. Eat, eat, eat uh, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm, I just got into the call about a few minutes ago. So 
sounds everything sounds extremely interesting and everything. Now I'm just wondering. Um, okay. Um, you said um, test your blood sugar a few times a day. Now, Who is how, it? How, how would you suggest that um that I do this? That you know somebody would do this. Who is this? Who, who is this? Who, who is this? Is this Gus? I'm Jeff. Who are you? <laughs> no, this is Jeff. Who's this? This is Lewis. Hi, I'm, Lewis. I'm from, how are you? How you doing? I'm 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 from one of the Skype calls from a uh, few of the Skype rooms, and um, Gus put in. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, as far as testing your blood, you would need to go get you would need to go get a monitor, you know, a blood glucose monitor from like Walgreens or somewhere, um, and you would need to get the testing kit and the strips, and you just you. you but it's like finger with oh your, man, ooh, I don't like that. Um, no. they, well, you, you could. I don't, use I don't, a I don't have any no, tattoos. I don't have any vaccines. People are like. Okay, hey, so here's the thing. A little, it's a little. Pretty, I'm gonna let. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something to you. Three-year-old kids do this, like ten times a day. Okay, so it can and, be and done, and it's not that big a deal. It's not just your body, like it's a just a little tiny. It's a little tiny prick, and you you squeeze a little bit of a drop of blood out onto a thing, and you stick it into a machine, and it gives you your blood readout. Now, there's also some new stuff out there where they're doing it, where they you can do it without, uh, uh, you know, uh, pricking your fingers. Um, right. But you'd have to look you'd have to look into that stuff. Well, you can either not like it and have your blood sugar out of whack or you just got to live with it. You know, it's just one of those things where you got to know if you're a diabetic, you got to know what your blood right. you, you and I so got a couple much, of family I'm, members I'm that, um, that I got one family member and another in-law that's that has the diabetic problems and stuff. It's not for myself cuz I don't have any of these problems. I understand. Right, but <laughs> you, you know, so I'm trying to get information and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, they're it's, talking it's about you can't use sugar and stuff like that. But sugar, sugar, extremely needed in the body. It's just this refined junk. And when you drink sodas, this okay. Every, these calls, everybody can be in different countries and stuff. But I'm in the U.S. now. Yeah. In the U.S. for over eighty, about seventy, eighty years now, all these sodas don't have sugar. They have what's called high fructose, high fructose. corn syrup. That's not sugar. Well, because nobody you know, sugar. You get well, it from sugar cane. You're right. These stalks that I get them from, like um, minority stores, you're like right. like Hispanics and yeah. stuff like that. And I get the, 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 the like the, the thickness of my wrist, of my forearm. Like yeah, the so sugar cane, oh, right? The sugar that, cane. Yes, and that's pure that's sugar. Yeah, it's great the, stuff. Your yeah. body needs that. The body needs that, man. But this sugar, this refined white sugar, that a lot of a lot of it have what it has is is bones. They put chicken bones in there and it's refined, and it's garbage. This is poisoning your well, body. Well, I can also I can also tell you that people that are diabetic that want to use a sugar or a sweetener, I can tell you that xylitol is pretty good. Um, yeah. When it's from birch, birch, birch xylitol, it's expensive, but it's zero glycemic and it's just like sugar. There's no acetate. Erythritol is pretty good too. Um, but you know, the reality is, is um, you know, Dana and I were just talking about this the other day. Remember, Dana, I was saying how the food supply used to be a millet-based food yes. supply. We our, our 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 base grain was millet, and they changed that to corn. And once they changed that to corn, that's when the heart disease, diabetes, everything went through the roof. That's when we started seeing processed corn sugars, starches. It's in everything. It's in absolutely everything. The high fructose so corn syrup. All, it's, all, it's all from corn. Yep. 
Well, you, you know what high fructose corn syrup actually is? It's like when you get chapstick, right? You got problems with your lips and stuff. You know what you put? You, what you're putting is um, petrol, petroleum on your lips. It's the that's refuge, right. Vaseline. The crap, the crap Vaseline that's left well. from from the gasoline companies, from the petroleum companies, that the gasoline right. companies and the petroleum companies don't want to use it anymore. The junk that's left on the bottom. So high fructose corn syrup is the junk that's left over. And nobody wants it. Now yet they're the using it as a the sugar, and they make it as a sweetener. That's how, how these people get diabetes for like 30, 40 years. And, and cancer. I saw a program on YouTube, on, on, actually not on YouTube, but on a news, regular news channel, that these people, three generations, they got their legs cut off because they... And the guy said, we're drinking soda. All our lives. I had a guy, I, I knew a guy who was a diabetic, I knew a guy who was diabetic, and he had uh, both of his legs. Actually, it was my son's ex-girlfriend years ago, and um, my my son wanted me to meet his girlfriend's parents. I said sure, and he he told me that his you know her father had, had no no legs, and you know we get to the house, and this guy is sitting outside, smoking cigarettes, in a wheelchair with no legs, diabetic, and and, and we sat down, we had dinner, and now mind you, I'm a diabetic as well. Okay, and I had just found out I was a diabetic, and I hadn't found out I was an undiagnosed diabetic for many years, and I was pretty sick. So anyway, we're at dinner, we're sitting and eating dinner, and they're they're having spaghetti, and I'm not going to eat the spaghetti, so I'm going to eat the salad, right? So I got a freaking boatload of salad, and they asked me what I wanted to drink, and all they had was diet soda or regular soda. Oh man! So I said I want. So check this out. I said, I want this much. And I, I, you know, two inches in a glass, regular soda. Okay. So I'm sitting there. I'm taking little sips every once in a while. And he finally, and he's watching me do it, this guy. And he's, and this guy is just gulping down friggin' diet soda. I mean, there's cases of it everywhere throughout his life. Yeah, the diet soda is the worst. He goes, he goes, I don't know how he goes, he goes, I don't know how you could, how can you be a diabetic and drink soda? And I just looked at him and I said, do you really want to have this conversation with me? And he said, well, yeah, he was a smart ass. And I said, look, dude, you've got no fucking legs right now. And you're telling me you're sitting outside smoking cigarettes and you're drinking diet soda like it's coming out of your, like it's just everywhere. You can just, you know, you have a fountain outside. And, and the guy, you know, he looked at me, and he's like, you're serious? I said, yeah, I am serious. I said, I had two inches of, like, soda, and I never drink soda. I only did it because I'm here. And um, you ate pasta, smoked cigarettes, and drank, like, four cups of freaking diet soda since I've been here. And you're going to, what, do you want to lose your arms next? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. People <clears throat> don't put it together. They don't. They think that the, because they're on the medication, they don't have to really restrict the diet as much. And that's really not true. <laughs> it's all diet. It's all what you're putting yeah, in your body. You know what else you hear? The other thing you hear uh, when you run across those people is, is they absolutely believe their doctors when their doctor tells them it's genetic. That's There's nothing they can do about true. it. It's all vaccines, guys. It's all vaccines. It's absolutely all vaccines. And not only that, even if they think 
that it, you know, it was handed down to your mo- from your mother or your father, guess what? If they were vaccinated, some of that shit is handed down and passed over. No doubt about it. We, we don't know. Like, I've had, I don't know how many people I've heard say that to me. You know, oh, it's, it's, it's genetic or, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. Yeah, but um, I had one woman the other day tell me that she had no, her kids, her kids had um, no vaccines and had some issue. And I said, really? Your child didn't have the vitamin K shot or this shot? And she goes, oh, wait. And I said, yeah. And that's, people don't, they, they, they don't look. And I, I know a woman who looked back on her child who's got autism, on her child's medical records, and she did it live on camera and on oh, her shot records. Her. And she started crying. You saw that. You saw her, right? It's a yeah. friend of mine. And she started, you know, she's, she's like talking about this, and she's crying because she realized on this day, Every my time kid acted they had like this, and I blew it off. I blew it off. Sick. I blew it off. I blew it off. I thought she was just sick. I, I blew it off. And every time she got an injection, I blew it off. And I'd get boom. And she, she's going back in the timeline, and she's losing her freaking mind doing this. And she's like, oh. and, and people are telling her, not, don't do this. And she's like, no, I'm doing this for everybody else. You know? You have to look at it in the moment. You have to correlate the vaccine to the sickness a few days later, we just had a senator, I think, or a mayor or somebody yeah. in New York, 47-year-old guy, flu shot, boom, a couple of weeks, no, a few days, dead. Yeah. So, and here's a guy who is advocating for flu vaccines, big time. So, yeah. and they didn't want to say that he died from a flu vaccine at all. <laughs> but they're paying people, they're paying people for flu vaccine damage. They're paying people for flu vaccine damage. I don't see why oh, anybody hold on. For flu do vaccine that. Damage? Yeah, they've got, there's Absolutely. a great little uh, the vaccine injury online where they a... report everything that they pay out, how many claims are made. Now, the number that they actually pay off is pretty low, but the amounts that they're paying out are pretty high. And there's literally thousands of 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 the forms filed every year. You, you know that these flu vaccines, especially when they give them free, like at Walmart and Rite Aid and stuff, <laughs> it, 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 they tell you that it's backed up by UNICEF and by um, um the World the World Bank and stuff. So every time you get a flu shot, money is going to the, um, um, the World Bank. I'm talking about like I'm not trying to talk about like this new world order and stuff and whatnot because that's a whole different conversation, but not really. Term, Not really. That vaccine, the vaccine program is all part of that. Right. It's all about the percentage. It's all about that's going that's going to the World Bank. And and, and right. the, 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 there's a disclaimer every time you go into they give you new free free flu shots. I was thinking of getting a flu shot right a couple of months ago. For what? Say, uh, the best time is uh, to get it from October to like March. So I go. Oh yeah. Okay, uh, no, I was thinking of getting a flu shot. I, I want to get information on this, and I talk with a couple of friends, and they said they know about this. And um, you know, I go, I'm in the Skype rooms and the health groups and stuff like that, and, and I throw back information and stuff like that. You know, like we're throwing back information, and they they ask me, when was the last time you got a flu shot? I said, I never got, I never got a flu shot. They said, uh, they said, um, it may be best you don't get it. I never got any vaccines, and I never got any flu shots. They said, "What you should do is um get eat the stuff that um like 
raw steaks, medium rare steaks, onions and garlic. Don't cook the garlics. Eat them rare. Um, the, I mean the onions and sauté the garlic. You know, eat, eat foods, natural foods, health foods. That's that's gonna do the. You know, that's gonna do the job instead of in, having them inject them, inject you with the stuff that um you don't know what's going on. I said, when was the last time? They asked me, when was the last time you got a flu shot? I said, I never got a flu shot. When was the last time you got a vaccine? I never got a vaccine. <coughs> what are you going to get it now for? Uh, they said, the best thing is um don't get it. You're over 25. <laughs> what are you going to get this for? I don't know why anyone would. An age, the age, your age has nothing to do with it. Your age has nothing to do with it. The time of year has. Flu is, influenza, uh, you know, flu is not a season, okay? And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. And none of that shit matters. Bottom line is, no one needs a flu vaccine. No one. It does nothing. No, we need to work on our immune system. Every vaccine does, every vaccine does nothing except poison us. Period. I don't care what it is. I don't care who, I don't care. I don't, they can tell me it's the safest fucking vaccine in the world, okay? It's the safest. You know, you know what this reminds me. You ever watched the movie Apocalypse Now? One of the main actors was um, uh, Marlon <laughs> yeah. Brando, right? Sure. When um, uh-huh. Martin Sheen character came up to him, he was talking to one of them. He was like, and um, they're in a cave, and everything is like all psychedelic. It's like really weird, right? And the Marlon Brando character is like a freaking nut. Excuse my French. And he was talking about when he first see the diamond. They hit him in the eye, and it opened them up to see stuff. He said that um, when they went to a village in, um, like, Cambodia or something, you know, the, the, the left, and then they went, and, and the villagers, and they went and to help the people, right? And they vaccinated the kids, right? Vaccinated the kids. But when they ran around and came back, like, two days later, they found a mountain full. Little kids, like eight, nine, six-year-old arms, chopped up and put in a mountain. Like, they didn't want the vaccinations. You're going to poison us. You're going to put in a mountain. that's what it's designed to do. And the guy said, and the guy, and Marlon and, um, and Brown, the character, said, that's what opened up my eye. And he said, I started seeing that. It's like a, about a month ago. Got a little bit of Brando swagger going on with your accent there. Thank you. <laughs> it's like a few weeks ago when um, um they found this guy, an American guy, in some Indian country, Indian island in India. But it's, it's, for centuries, it's been off limits to terrorists. I mean, to terrorists, to tourists. <laughs> terrorists, to tourists. It's like one of the last areas of the world that they're pre-Neanderthal. They're, they've been living natural for like 10,000 years. They don't want Aren't any those contact those people that killed world. that dude who was trying to go over and proselytize them? Yes, he was trying to was go over there and convert like them. He went over there with a couple of needles and a soccer ball. And Yeah. You know, there's a guy who... There's a guy who... Trying to, trying to convert me. Leave them people alone. There was a guy who was friends with that tribe. There was yeah, a guy who was and, friends and, um, with that tribe for, for years. The guy got arrested. Years the one that, the, that the, the, one that, the one that boated him over. 
like leave them savages alone. No, 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 no. There was a guy. There was a guy who was friends with that tribe for years. He went there several times and traded with them, hung out with them, had no problems with them at all, which is very interesting. But he's the only guy, he's the only one who, from the outside who has ever, ever had any relationship with them. And here's the thing. That guy did that. That guy did that. He went there, and they tried, they threw fucking shot arrows at him through you know, everything else, and he came back to the boat, and he was like, they tried to kill me, but I'm going to go back. Yeah. And he went back. For you, buddy. He met his, he met his and, creator. <laughs> oh, that's, Lord. That's the problem, that's the problem with um, Christianity and Islam. They want to, oh, you're inferior, so we got to convert you to a god. Like they don't, they don't, them, them savages, they don't want cell phones. They don't want vaccines. They don't want cars. Uh, you say they're savages. They don't even know what that I is. They're the savages. <clears throat> oh, well, but the savages, savages because the they, don't, they don't want, they don't want TVs. They don't want cell phones. They don't want clothes. They don't want shoes. They don't want clothes. Don't either. Hey, hey, they, they yeah, want we've, uh, alone. They hey, want to be left alone. Hey guys, we've got we've got twenty minutes left. I don't know if anybody's on the call who might have a question about health. Um, yeah. We can we can keep going if you want, but uh, if there's anybody yeah, on yeah, here, that's I, gonna... I have a yeah, question. I, got a question. Because I just got on a couple of minutes ago. Um, um, what is the deal? What is the situation? Buzz. If any guy you guys know about um the sugar, but from from the sugar stalks, because they they're not doing it anymore in the United States for like sixty, seventy years, like I mentioned a little while ago. So you got to get to the Philippines to get pure sugar, like brown sugar. I think that you need to focus on getting your sugars through natural sugars. So, yes, if you can get sugar cane, then that's going to be considered probably more of a treat. Again, regionally, depending on where you live, um, I can sometimes get sugar cane in mid-Missouri, but not very often, you know. you know, so it's it's important to recognize that, you know, as you had indicated earlier, and, and most of us know, it's the sugar and breads and processed foods are the ones that obstruct the body. Um, you know, sugar is, is the main need of, of the human body. Every single cell in the body requires sugar. Sugar equals, you know, is, is carbon. And that's, you know, why we call foods high in sugar carbohydrates because they're car- carbon chain constituents. And and so carbon and oxygen are essential. Did you call? Did you say? What did you just protein. say? They're carbon. What constituents? What carbon chained. Okay, I'm just checking. You're using big words, and I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> you scare me sometimes. It's like a medium chain MCT, a medium chain fatty acid, or you know, okay, long cool. chain fatty acids, like with our carrier oils. So, I love that you could tell me what that was. Well, I'd better be able to tell you, or I shouldn't be. Yeah, hell yeah! I'm sorry. That's fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so uh, you know, we focus on fats and proteins. We need this and that, and you know, amino acids. But but sugar is important because without sugar, our body is yeah. going to have no go-go juice. And and so That's right. you know, somebody's got some background uh, noise. That's Gus. He's cutting up some cheese. Ah. Stop cutting the cheese. So, uh, <laughs> Stop cutting the cheese on the phone. Hey, I got a question. Sorry, Dana. 
No, that's Wait, okay. let Dana finish. We got somebody with a question. Okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Is that Lewis? Dana? Or no. No, go ahead, you. No, you. Go ahead, Mike. Mike. Okay. Uh, hi, guys. Um, question. Um, the shrooms work with the like they say the liver cleanse for good for like uh or if not the maybe a possible suggestions on uh, what to take for this um ocds or um any kind of tourette's related uh ticks or something like that oh absolutely um well you What's know with with anxiety and stuff. So all of it, every every single thing we're always going to talk to people about, that first thing line we're going to go back to is gut health. Um, and when we begin looking at issues like OCD, um, so uh, um, we, we begin what, to... What does OCD stand for, please? Do, do what now? No, I said what does OCD stand for? Obsessive uh-huh. compulsive disorder. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And 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 what what it it happens um, with OCD is people can have certain repetitive traits or um, anxiety um, that you know begins to become very very you know overwhelming. So. Um, with with things like therapeutic interventions with OCD are really pretty important. Understanding the root of that OCD, what triggers the OCD, um, and certainly social support because a lot of times people feel very alienated, um, especially if they have any kinds of tics or Tourette-type symptoms um, where maybe they have some involuntary stuff going on. Um, and and those things have have more more effect than than any any medications going to. Um, so you know I, I can't. I've I've been a cognitive behavioral therapist for 25 years, and what I can say is is that if you can get lined up with a good cognitive behavioral therapist, specifically not a traditional talk therapist, um, you know somebody who's going to be able to line out, you know, kind of actions, choices, behaviors, the ABCs of behavior, this is the antecedent, this is the behavior, this is the consequence. Um, You know, certainly learning how to reduce anxiety, um, you know, because the the general anxiety that can go with that um, is, can be pretty huge. So you want to start looking at, uh, you know, herbs that can help with anxiety. So things like skullcap and passionflower, kava kava, oat straw, lavender, uh, lemon balm, marjoram, mugwort, all of these things, um, and we have those like in an anxiety depression tincture all in one, but these things tend to calm us. They tend to, you know, help us, us chill out. Um, you know, so, you know, herbs can be a big part of that. Certainly having a well-balanced diet. Um, having an unhealthy diet is 100% going to contribute to anxiety because of inflammation. 
and and Jeff and I and Gus and many of us that you know listen to the show are very much believers in you know that that inflammation is is definitively a route to very very much disease and that inflammation tends to stem from having an unhealthy gut. And so what happens then when when we have an unhealthy diet is our brain structure and our neurotransmitter functions actually begin to change. Our wire, our our brain begins to rewire itself. Um, and and certainly a poor diet then can increase, you know, moodiness and fatigue. It can you know, lead to, you know, where we have weight gain or weight loss, and then we, you know, that can lead to kind of body image issues, Um, you know, poorly managed blood sugar levels that, you know, again, if our blood sugar's off, we can feel jittery, we can feel nervous, we can feel faint, we can feel nauseous. Uh, Feel angry, feel depressed. Absolutely. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so when we begin to focus on anti-inflammatory foods, right, uh, healthy fats, unrefined carbs, good proteins, um, all of a sudden we, we started coming up with a really nice recipe <clears throat> that's um, important for our neurotransmitters so they can synthesize and they can balance, you know, help us balance our mood and our stress responses, right, because, um if we're we're getting too stressed out, then our body's going to begin to produce a bunch of cortisol, and then we begin a lot of cortisol, and we're going to be jittery, and we're going to be moody, and we're going to be angry, and we're not going to sleep very good, um, you know. So all of a sudden, then that begins to you know impact sleep, um, and so so some you know focusing on on some of the the better foods. Like B vitamins, I can't stress B vitamins enough, and we did. We've got that on a document on B vitamins. They're very detoxing. They can be energizing. Um, you know, they're just phenomenal um, for beating anxiety. And so, you know, find eating. You know, trying to incorporate a lot more foods that are high in vitamin B. So, you know, grass-fed beef, wild-caught fish, poultry, brewer's yeast. Uh, dark leafy green vegetables. You can't go wrong with you know dark grief, lean, leafy green vegetables. Um, you want to you want to focus on high antioxidant foods. So lots of fresh vegetables, lots of fresh fruits. Um, raw dairy is okay. Stay away from cow pus that's pasteurized. Um, you know, so you can look at raw dairy or certainly goat's milk and sheep's milk and, and cheeses are good alternatives to to cow pus. Um, can I interrupt? What is the situation with um, pasteurized stuff? Because it has to do with my name. My name is Louis, right? L O U I S. I remember Louis Louis Pasteur. Louis Pasteur. So yeah. Wait, what, what did he do? Did he did he help people or did he um uh, or not? Well, no, he helped people because at 180 degrees, you break down a lot of bacteria and mm-hmm. bad shit, and you can lock in a lot of vitamins and nutri and nutrients. 180 degrees is kind of that is the pasteurization point. It's before the boiling point, so you can keep a majority yeah, of, the, like of, of the nutrition and kill the bacteria. That was really the idea behind pasteurization. Right. Well, but you know, and again, to recognize we're we're like the only animals that drink another animal's milk. So you know, you For the don't most part, see, yeah. generally speaking, you don't see a dog go over and try to nurse off of a cat teat, 
or you don't see a go-go try to suck off of a cow teat. You know, their, their colostrum, their milk, our milk, you know, you can't go and give dog milk to a baby and expect that baby to be healthy and thrive. Um, just like that baby's not going to be super as healthy and thrive off of mother's breast milk, you know, like breast milk is, is something that, you know, really kind of up until age two um, can be a really great thing for babies. Um, but cow's milk, I mean, that's, it's just, you know, the, the dairy industry has done a very good job of convincing us milk, it does a body good, and really, mute, you know, milk tends to be very mucus-forming. Um, yeah, it, it does a body good, but, but not... Fogs our bodies up. Because I mean, there's just you, you. There's just so many other ways that you can get get you know what you're you're looking for out of milk. Again, it's kind of been a, a brainwashing thing, um, you know. And again, there's other kinds of milks we have in our our mind that it's you know cow pus juice. That's the only milk. When you know, again, milk is simply you know something that's derived just like a tea. It's something that's derived from steeped herbs and water. And milks can be, again, vitamins and and proteins and nutrients that are derived from things like nuts or, you know, coconuts and almonds. almonds You know, so we, we, we have, it's, it's about changing, you know, what they've kind of brainwashed us to believe is, is healthy. Um, So again, going back to that, so raw dairy, um, you know, foods with omega-3s, so, you know, especially like wild-caught fish or salmon, um, anti-inflammatory fats like coconut and olive oil are, you know, things that are good for us. Um, so magnesium, that's where those dark leafy greens come in, nuts, avocados, sea vegetables. Um, you know, we want to get as much of our magnesium that way. Magnesium is phenomenal for helping decrease inflammation in the body. It helps boost mood. Um, Generally speaking, if you've got sleep issues, the first thing you need to do is get your vitamin D and your magnesium in check. Um, If your mood's kind of funky fucked up, again, vitamin D, magnesium, and a lot of times your B vitamins will just, you know, level that right out. B, Uh, you said B or D? D. B as in baby. B as in boy. Yeah, D is in David and B is in boy. Both of them. Okay. Yeah. So when I and when I say B vitamins, like a, a B complex. But again, we have uh, a document um, that that Gus has put up, and it talks about the different B vitamins and and what they do, um, and kind of why they're important. And so certain people like you know, like vegans or vegetarians are typically B12 deficient because you can really only get B12 through certain meats and organs and and things like that. It's not something that's derived from plants, fruits and plants. That's that's one one situation, one problem that I have with vegans and vegetarians. I'm like, they don't understand that you need some meats. I'm like, I don't understand um, and on top of that, and um, no, you actually than, you don't you don't need meat at all. You don't need you, what, you, don't, what is you gonna, don't need you don't if, need if, meat. If, if you live okay? like you, in Alaska, you, want you need you need uh, to 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 live yeah. one day. You need ten thousand 
calories. You need fat. You need fat. You need fat. You, need fat. You, need, you, you can't get fat from plants. Fat not gonna, there are no you don't necessarily need meat. Okay, but you want to argue a point, and we're trying to, we're not, we're not arguing. No, I'm, I'm just trying, trying to, what I'm trying, what I'm trying to show you is you do get fat from plants. You absolutely can get fat from okay. plants. What's an avocado? What's an avocado? But can you plant an avocado and... What's olive? What's olive? Can you plant those in Siberia and Alaska? Right, the right. Up there. And the Vikings up Look, there. Look, do you live in Siberia? Well, but what about them? The so let's not here? take exceptions. Let's not talk about exceptions. Oh, what I'm trying okay, to let's say, let's say talk, I live in Siberia. We're talking, well, how am I going to look? If you're going to be loud, wait, 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 wait. Okay, just hold on. We're going to be respectful here, okay? Huh? So what I'm trying to say to you is this, okay? You're using terminology that isn't true. So let's use true terminology. You do not need meat, Okay. You just don't. You don't. People survive on fruit alone. Okay. Okay. People survive on vegetables alone and supplementation. Now, am I saying that you should you should ne- you should never eat meat? No, I'm not saying that. But when you when you take an argument and you take and you say, well, if you live in Antarctica, okay, yeah, we need they eat seals. Yeah, I get it. Okay, we're I not going to compare. Friends. They live in Alaska. Let's compare. There are okay, no fruit stuff up there. So I'm just asking I, because I would like to learn. This is why I'm on the call. I'm very trying to be very respectful, and, and I'm listening. And we don't need me. Okay. Even though there you are no we, I, vegetables up there. All you got they, is, they, up there they, is fish and well blubber. In, in, their, in, their, in their situation? They, they should they, come down here. Probably to, they should. The, they should, term, they the should probably eat more meat. They eat a lot of in their wild caught. In their situation, they probably eat a lot more meat than people down here do. You know, who have access. But let's forget grocery stores altogether. You know what I mean? So we could think about just how people used to eat when they were. Walking right, exactly. From one place I'm trying to, to get another. to that point. You know, thank you. That's where we should be. That's where we yes, should be yes. thinking is how yeah, how people would own... eat from walking from one place to another. Right. Right. Thank you. And you know, there are greenhouses. People could build a greenhouse, and they could grow food. So any almost anywhere, it's going to be more difficult in some places than others. But um, yeah, you you know, we want to be able to grow food. That's definite. You know, and you can eat eggs instead of meat. You know, you can raise chickens and eat eggs. Well, Gus and I were just talking about that the other day. So, you know, yeah, there's, and I, there's I like ways. Egg omelets. I like omelets, too. A little salty. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of... And I don't need to have any meat in them. <laughs> so, hey, guys, no, I want to no, pop back and finish answering Michael's question. A little toasted bread. That's it. Thank you. Um... And so just to kind of wind that back down to go back to the OCD, um, again, there's things like adaptogen herbs um, that can help lower, like, cortisol levels. So things or herbs or combos to look into would be, like, holy basil, ashwagandha root, uh, astralis root, licorice root, rhodia rosa, um, cordyceps mushroom um, is another good one to lower um, those levels. 
Um, you know, there's there's a number of them, and and, and certainly uh, matcha. Um, pretty much all of the mushrooms are are you know again going to help modulate. Um, lion's mane is phenomenal for the brain for anxiety and depression. Um, exercise, regular exercise helps the brain manage stress. Um, you know, it helps us lead a bit, have you know, a healthier life. It helps boost confidence and self-esteem. You know, so I can't, you know, getting out and just taking a walk, um, making sure that we're getting enough rest and we're, we're getting enough sleep. Um, because, again, a lack of sleep increases those stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. Um, and, again, which that can have, you know, a significantly a, a really negative effect on mood and, and interfere with your normal brain chemistry. Um, then, that, you know, those things also ramp up the brain regions that, um, that contribute to, excess, you know, people really worrying and ruminating and just, you know, freaking out. So, you know, seven to nine hours per sleep is, is needed by most adults in order to effectively manage stress and balance hormones and prevent, you know, I fatigue know. and to control their moods. That's um, one-third of your life that you're sleeping away. Right. Which yeah, is true what you're saying. You know, sleep is the only time that's how important. really reparative state. But I'm like, wow. Well, that's how important You're with the REM state and everything because a lot of... Like Nikola Tesla, a lot of his inventions that he came up with, uh, a lot of people know Tesla, it was when he was sleeping. He, he, and he, all of a sudden he wakes up and he thought he was still sleeping. He, he thought he was awake and he come, he's inventing stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, I'd like to, I'd stuff like to, works really well that way. It works really I'd good like for me. I'd like to address something that. That's what I do. Go ahead, Jeff, and, and this, is, this is pretty Let, much it. Real quickly, it. I just want to address that, is that, and not to cut Dana off, but when it comes no. to sleep, you know, I used to sell sleep. I used to sell bedding. I used to sell beds, and and um, you know, I did a lot of I did a lot of research on on sleeping and the the struck. You know, how much he just said it. We spend a third of our lives in bed, sleeping, and the repair is that's when the body does it. But one of the things I wanted to address is something you said about Tesla. There's a guy named uh, what the heck's his name. Anyway, he wrote many, many, many books, um, number one bestsellers, as a matter of fact, and Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer, and he wrote, he's written, you know, he's dead now, he's written ten, tons and tons of number one bestsellers, and he, one of the things he used to do when he used to do his motivational talks is he used to ask the people in the audience if they had a time that they would wake up in the middle of the night, and he went through the process with them, and he asked these, some of these people, okay, what's your time? And somebody said, four, you know, three o'clock in the morning. He said, okay, do you get up? Do you get out of bed? No, I, go, I, 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 I try to go back to sleep or I just roll over. Okay, well, next time, try to get up and put your feet on the floor. You can go back to bed, but try to get your feet on the floor. And then the next person said, yeah, I get, you know, I get up. And he goes, that's great. What do you do when you get up? Well, I get up, I walk around a little bit. I want to go back to sleep, so I go back to bed. So basically what he does is he talks to people about taking the time to get your feet on the floor, and then the next time it happens, get up out of bed. But what his point was is that he wakes up at 310 every day, goes out, he, he starts his coffee, he makes his coffee, and he sits down at his writing table, and he just, it just starts happening. He just starts writing. Because that's, said, the, that's the primal time between, and, one, and he, between and he one and the morning and four. He said, right, and, he, and it's a sacred time. 
And this is a time that there's an ancient saying by Tibetan monks, I think, that all the answers are on the morning wind. So it's, if, if you get up and you have a time that you get up 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, get up. Try to get up and, and do some stuff because he talked about it. He said, yeah, you're going to miss some sleep, but you know what? Real, if you really know how to meditate, you know, 20 minutes of meditation is like eight hours of sleep. So if you get tired at lunchtime, meditate. Take a nap. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was the last big one I wanted to bring up with mindfulness and meditation. And, and there's yeah. study after study that shows the level of improvement that folks with anxiety, mm-hmm. depression, OCD, you know, s- certain issue, you know, issues like that significantly improve with those things. And so, like, I'd highly recommend looking up emotional freedom technique. Um, it's, you know, like EMDR. It's, it's like clearing chakras. I mean, it's like tapping therapy, and everyone's seen tapping therapy. And I've, I've used you know, similar techniques to the emotional freedom technique, um, which is a series of, of tapping. And, you know, again, you're, re, you're retraining your brain to, you know, get it to, to stop ruminating and, and get away from those bad thoughts and into good thoughts. And um, so there's, there's a lot of great videos online for people to be able to, to go and, and look at and to learn those processes and it's just so, so, so easy. And I used to even, you know, I'd, I, if I had, a lot of times I had very behaviorally disruptive kids I worked with. And, you know, if they had a really kick-ass teacher or school, a lot of times, you know, they would let me come into the school and then teach, like, the whole class how to do these things. So one kid wouldn't, you know, or teach the teacher, and then all of a sudden everyone's doing it. So that, you know, benefited my kid. It benefited everybody's kids, you know. So anyway, you know, there's a lot of things we can do. You know, it's this, it's this puzzle. Um, and so, you know, certainly diet, meditation, so, you know, those find one that you feel comfortable with taking that baby step with and, and just, you know, begin baby steps. Don't get overwhelmed with this whole big plan. Choose one herb or choose, you know, choose one thing at a time that you feel like you can commit to. Interesting. But I, I have a question. What, what is this, this tapping? Because I, I, I know I a little, I know a little bit about the, the chakras, but what is this yeah, tapping? Yeah, and so what it, it does is it's, you know, you're going and you start, you know, like up on your forehead and you work your way down and you do a series of, of tapping. Okay, and so you actually physically tap and, and turn like, yeah, certain points are like the, the meridians. If you look up Wayne Dyer, if you look up Wayne Dyer, he has, or even Hay House, they have a whole, actually go to YouTube too, there's a guy who does a whole series on tapping, he's actually the, the, the guy supposedly um, on tapping, yeah, you can just look that up. There's an older gentleman who I normally give out his link. No, I would like this lady on the phone to explain, you just give me a little synopsis on what tapping is. So, so when I look up on YouTube and I can... <laughs> So when you begin with with tapping, usually like some protocols have you go in and kind of sit down and think about, you know, an incident that brings upon stress or a significant feeling or whatever, and you kind of think about that. Um, And then you begin to kind of think about alternatives to a more positive way to look at that situation. And then you begin, you know, eyes closed and focused on 
you know, nice, nice breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And as you're doing it, you begin gently tapping, starting at the center of your forehead. And you're just gently taking, like with your middle finger, and just tap, tap, tap. You tap over and over and over for, you know, 10, 20 seconds. And then you'll come down and you'll go over to a collarbone and you tap, you know, on your right collarbone. And you'll tap there for a while and you kind of focus on you know, how does your body feel and clearing your mind and then you're going to go over, you know, and again, now you're going to go over to your left collarbone and you're going to continue, you know, that tapping motion. You'll come to the center of the chest and you'll work your way down the body through the meridians and and some of that's going to help clear energy points. It's going to help refocus your brain. It's going to help calm you down enough with your breathing. You get control of your breathing. That helps you get control you know, of your heart rate, which helps you slow your brain down, which helps control the release of the stress hormones. It, you know, calms down the pituitary gland. And, you know, so everything comes back and starts firing as it should Um, in in bringing, you know, helping bring our body back to kind of a state of homeostasis, a a state where we're able to... You just help me. Instead of reading a book, I can just do this. So going doing a ghoul. Thank you, God. I can do that tomorrow. When I get up tomorrow, I can do this. Which I yeah, it's actually good to actually look it up. No, but she actually, just, like, she just explained it. Real I understand. She did a great job. I, I well, put a link I, um, in the I'll uh, put notes. A, a link to my mindfulness and meditation um, and the, com- and the, the room. Google something up. I'm old school. I don't like going to a library and looking at physical books. Don't Google it up. No, there is no... Oh, go go look it up. Go look it up. Go look it up at the library. It's been there for 34 years. Yeah, I mean, you can look it up at the library. But the lady that just gave me the information, I can... She just explained it. Can you do me a favor? Can you do me a favor and mute him for a second? Okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's time to go anyway. Okay. Yeah. But thank you, lady. Yeah, we got to roll, bud. You're very welcome. You're. It was great talking with you. I appreciate it. It's better than we reading a book. Appreciate you so much. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you all for being here. It's uh, we're we're eight minutes past the hour. Um, unless somebody has a, a a quick question that they really need answered, um, it's time to wrap up. Uh, any last words, Derek, Dana, Jeff? Well, I actually had one quick question for Money Mike, if he's still there. Money Mike's still here, yeah? yeah. Uh, yes. Hey. Yes. Yeah, hello. Okay, Go ahead. so you said that there, you had a question about OCD and Tourette's. Yeah. So is that... For you or someone you want to, somebody you know, or yeah, my significant other who lives with me. Okay, <clears throat> so is this OCD or Tourette's? How does it manifest itself? Well, the ticks, uh, just in general, and then uh, sometimes you get the almost not seizures, but uh, Otherwise, uh, the OCD is in the involuntary form of body either, movement. Either uh, panics or sometimes uh, extreme, it just happens, I don't know, like extreme jealousy 
Um, these are little things that you can't try and just can't control. So it, also depression and <clears throat> okay, so it is, so, is it, you uh, symptoms. Okay, so uh, what I'm asking is you, it, it is diagnosed as OCD Tourette's. It's not like could be hormonal issue, thyroid issue, TSH issue, Asperger's and um and the uh, slight. Uh, I don't know if it's autism. I was it, yeah, yeah. I had well, it's not that based in vaccine based. HFA. High functioning autism, PDD, NOS. PDD, NOS. What else? Um, so PDD is pervasive developmental dis- yeah, disorder, yeah. Um, which is a precursor to kind of like autism. <clears throat> just for folks who don't know, I just wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, and I all I, I wanted to clarify here is that um, so when somebody says, "Oh, uh, there's OCD or there's Tourette's," like I think that it's important to know that that's actually what it is before you know uh, we start talking about okay what the cure for that is because if it's not known that that's actually what it is. Then uh, well, that I might just not... said he gave a very specific he gave very well, specific diagnoses and Tourette's and OCD go hand in hand. There's another yeah. there's another theory on that too. Huh? There's another theory on that too. What? All those diagnoses are bullshit, and they're symptoms. Oh yeah, no, 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 because it all goes back to they're the symptoms gut. of an yeah, underlying and... they're symptoms of underlying issues. Absolutely. So, yeah, and like Diana said, exactly. It's all it's all really gut da- uh, gut health and vaccine damage that those things are And that's where are, I'm having to go back and because yep. I, for 25 years, have diagnosed people, and now I'm just like, fuck, you know. So yep. I can speak in terms your, of diagnosis very well, but vaccines, at, at the same point, um, and, and even, even then, how – unless it was hormonal, how you're going to treat a number of these things. If we've got anxiety that's occurring, if we've got repetitive behaviors that are occurring, because OCD has some very specific characteristics, as does Tourette. For that reason. But you're absolutely right. We don't, you don't yeah. just go say, oh, well, you should go do, do this, yeah. this, and that's this. Right. Also, but, uh, yeah, that's right. Also, the adaptogen herbs are things that help modulate the body and calm the body. And so when we're hearing lots of anxiety and stress and whatever, we, we, there, that has to be apparent. So no matter what you want to call it, and those things are going to help reduce or modulate the body. But well, 100%, that, that's a 100% correct statement. We don't plus, on top of that, plus on top of that, all the um, 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 prescription medications you've taken, all the, the antidepressants, so... Uh, I mean, I just found out that one of the the main ingredients is uh, like uh, from like like from fluoride or some crap, and like she's been taking this stuff for years, and it's like I'm trying to. Well, none of those none well, of those it, medications were designed to take for years. That that's really the point right. behind all this. Like these 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 medications were designed to be take taken for a short period of time while you train yourself not to have these issues while you do some behavioral therapy. And things like yeah. that, and, and change and your just, habits, yeah, and then and then you're weaned off, and then you're weaned, yeah, and you're weaned off the stuff, 
and that's the problem is that they that people have been on this shit for years and that's not designed to do that so they're just toxic this is look psychiatry was all designed to control people vaccination was designed to control people it's all designed to control people well, and even what I'm seeing in threats is it's happening after vaccines or vaccine antipsychotic medication combinations, um, where it's happening, you know, and manifesting in young younger folks. Yeah, yeah I wanted to address something about diabetes too. Diabetes. Make them crazy. Make them di- One of the things that one of the one of the things that helps with diabetes also is uh, elderberry extracts. That was another thing I wanted to address. Elderberry is actually very good. Elderberry is very popular in England. I would bet. It's it, I bet. popular everywhere. That's another one people should ingest, you know, be able to ingest fairly regularly. Oh, just you great know, stuff. Tea, tincture, syrup, you know, it's just so beneficial. Sorry. My mom got, by the way, my mom woke up the other day and she was saying, you know, I, I, she was going to go gamble. She she never gambled, but she was going to go to Mount Airy and take a day and just go play the slots or whatever. And she woke up and she said, I'm not feeling good. I feel like I'm coming down with something. And right away, I gave her the homemade elderberry syrup and some colloidal silver. <clears throat> and by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, she had no symptoms. So it just works. A lot, there's <laughs> she, a lot of good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Hey, we're, uh, we're, fif- we're 15 minutes so past fun. the hour. Yeah, hold, hold on. Uh, Dana, I would like to talk to you further and give me some more information. I, I, if I can give you my Skype account number, that way um, I can port you into a couple of groups, into a couple of Skype rooms that Gus is in, in a few of them. There's uh, the, be- the best way to get a hold. Oh, go ahead. The best okay, way to get a hold of Dana is on her website. If you go to redress the no, 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 I, I can just give her my Skype account. It, yeah, uh, I know, but what pa- if she doesn't? She doesn't have time for that. <laughs> but you want me to pass it right now? Well, well, yeah, go ahead and give it to me. It's Lewis L O U I S N Y for New York, two thousand one. That's it. It's, it's okay, Skype. and then I go to Skype. I know I have Skype. I haven't really ever. Yeah, I'll bring you into a couple of rooms. Uh, this, uh, this is how I got into this call. Uh, Gus is in a couple of the rooms that I'm in. Uh, uh, right one on. of the health study groups. Is there what's, there were health studies. Come on, we're trying to be healthy. <laughs> All right. So it's, once again, it's Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, N-Y for New York, 2001-2001. Okay. Fantastic, Lewis. So, 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 because I, I, I like your information, and um, and I need to know more. Come on. I need to. How know we do more. a show every like Tuesday? Show. Come, come every we'll Tuesday. We'll be back. We do a show every Tuesday. Every Tuesday we'll be back from Tuesday. what time? Nine uh, Eastern. Nine, nine Eastern, eight Central. Nine to like eleven, or sometimes they. Come yeah, usually two nine hours. to eleven. Okay. Two hours. Fine. I really appreciate all. You're in New York. I'm in New Jersey, Lewis. What part of Jersey? I'm in Morris County. No, that's a bit I'm about I'm about I'm about 35 minutes from you. In Brooklyn. Guess Straight down 80. Straight no, down Jersey, 80. Yo. Jersey's pretty big. 
I'm I'm in like North Jersey, bro. Food in Jersey. Yeah, I don't like. It's radiation, man. Guys, I got time, time to wrap it up. <laughs> no, this is, uh, I'm sorry. This is like, a joke like between Jersey, New, New York and New Jersey. I didn't say there was. No, no, I'm saying it's just a joke between New York and New Jersey. No, I don't. Nobody's gonna Yo, what exit? Well, nobody knows. Exit, state <laughs> left. Exit, <laughs> left, even. Uh, I used to drive, guys, I used to drive you guys have a great This is my line. first time on the call. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. Man. I Take care, it. man. Right, you guys have a great night. We'll see you back here Tuesday next week. All right, thank you. And if not, night, we'll y'all. have a great Christmas. Good night, Dana. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Jeff. Dana, Dana Thanks, well, I'm waiting for your Skype, okay, for your Skype um, request. <laughs> no, because I'm going to bring you into some... Yeah, I think I'm going to bring you into Brooklyn's got to go to bed. Brooklyn, Brooklyn... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.